Welcome to the Jersey Arts Podcast. I'm Susan Walner. Good books don't always make good movies, but in one case at least, both are classics. The book To Kill a Mockingbird was published in 1960. It was an instant hit, it won the Pulitzer, and it has never been out of print. In 1962, the movie came out. Directed by Robert Mulligan, it won three Oscars, including Best Actor for Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch. The American Film Institute rates the movie second on their 100 Years, 100 Cheers list and named Atticus the greatest movie hero of the 20th century. Today I'm talking to Mary Badham, who played the role of Scout, Atticus Finch's 10-year-old tomboy daughter. She's here at the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey to give two nights of talks about her experiences on the movie set of To Kill a Mockingbird and on the movie's lasting impact. The play of To Kill a Mockingbird is currently on stage at the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey, playing to sold-out audiences. Welcome, Mary. Thank you very much, Susan. You had a central role in the movie, yet this I believe this was your first acting job. How were you chosen to play the role of Scout? My mom had been an actress with the local town and gown theater, and um, she got a call from James Hatcher, who ran the theater, to bring me in because I was about the right age and the coloring was right that I could be, you know, Gregory Peck's daughter. I had never done any acting, but he had seen me around the theater with mom, so I went in and tried out and the rest is history. Why weren't they looking at the maybe child stars who were already in Hollywood? They wanted the children to be real children, not actors. So that eliminated a lot of children right off the bat because you don't get the spontaneity that you do with real children. Um, They wanted children with great imaginations, you know. Well, I lived in my imagination. I had an imaginary friend as a child. So that made a huge difference with what they were looking for. How were you like Scout? Were you like Scout? I was very much a tomboy. I had been raised in a house full of boys. I didn't know anything about girls. I'd rather be outside kicking around getting dirty than I would, you know, dressing up and going to a tea party. Um, It just, so many ways that I was like Scout. So you got the job. Then you go, uh, I guess, to, to Los Angeles? No, first they sent me to New York. Uh, I went to New York for screen test, and that went well. And then they sent me back home. And then I think it was around October that uh, they sent us out there to start filming. But we had months of rehearsal first. Because we were new children, um, you know, they couldn't just very well throw us in front of a camera. They went very gently and slowly with getting us used to it. I mean, they even started off with the equipment across the street, and then they would kind of move up a little closer, a little closer, until finally, you know, they're right there, we're right here, and everything's cool. I didn't have too much of a problem with it because I'd had a camera stuck in my face since I was born. Uh, My dad had waited so long to have a little girl that he filmed like my every move practically. So for me, I didn't even, it didn't bother me. So what was it like? What was it like on the movie set? Happy, fun, 
We laughed a lot, we joked around a lot, and we loved a lot. Everybody was so kind. Uh, we became a family because we were in five months in filming. So we really did bond very tightly behind the camera and on the camera. It was, it was great. Do you feel like that shows through? Oh yeah, I, I think that obviously comes through. And, and I've had people send me the most wonderful photographs. I just received some photographs this week, as a matter of fact, uh, from a lady who had found some photographs we were in a meeting or in, a, in the trailer or something, I don't know where it is, where I'm just kind of draped across Atticus, you know, giving him a hug. And there's other, you know, photos where we're just kind of hanging out, waiting, because there's a lot of waiting <laughs> when you're making a movie, waiting for setups, waiting for sound, waiting for lighting, waiting for somebody to change costume, whatever. And um, so there's a lot of, hugs and just family time behind the camera. It was great. Apparently you had a very special relationship with Atticus. Yes. Gregory Peck. Yeah. Tell me about that. He became like another daddy for me. And uh, because my father wasn't able to come out, he was able to come out and visit for, you know, a couple of days. But he had a company to run and other children to take care of. And so he had his responsibilities on the East Coast, so he couldn't leave for very long. Uh, and so Mom stayed, and Frankie came out our, our Calpurnia, and my Aunt Mimi, my dad's sister, um, to take care of me. And, you know, I would go to the Pecks on the weekends and play with their kids, and it was just wonderful. I mean, we really, it was so, so much fun. And then when my dad died, um, you know, it was nothing for me to pick up the phone. And it would be Atticus, what you doing, kiddo? How you doing? You know, okay, yeah, all right. You studying hard? Yes, sir, okay. Read any good books lately? Oh, you know, I mean, he was a bookaholic. He loved to read. And he, he was so well-read, he could talk on just about any subject. Because to go into that house, um, there were people there from all over the world. I mean, I came into the house one night right after the Chinese ambassador had just left. I mean, you know, who would think that? You know, it's like you never knew who you were going to meet there. The whole experience was obviously life-changing for you. Totally. You were right there at the epicenter of it, but it was obviously a life-changing film for a lot of people who a saw it. A lot of people. It had this huge and immediate impact on people that it continues to have. What is it about it? Well, it's freeing, for one thing. And it's an intelligent conversation uh, about things, lessons that we still haven't learned yet. Um, it has an awful lot to say about family, uh, you know, having good moral background base, good fathering. I mean, I couldn't tell you the number of men that I've met that have said, you know, they've used Atticus Finch as their, you know, role model for being a father. Um, and you have this very tight, strong family unit that because of its strength, you can see the strength that it gives these children and the ability to handle 
the horrible things that they're dealt as children. The, the hand that they're dealt is a very difficult one. But because their father is so well respected uh, by the children uh, and by his community, they stand strong. So, you know, I think that's the, the core lesson is that f as it starts at home, you know, you, you try and be the best parent you can to be um, consistent with your children. Uh, to always speak the truth to your children and not coddle them all the time. Not keep them away from all the bad stuff necessarily, uh, but give them the tools to be able to stand up on their own two feet one day if something bad happens. Um, and that's to help them be independent is, is really, really important. You know, Scout grew up reading the the papers to her father. I grew up reading the Wall Street Journal to my dad, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's all sort of the same thing. And, and the comparisons between my life and Scout's life were so strong. And my father was the patriarch of our family. You've met Harper Lee. Yes. Now, she has... A much different relationship with the legacy of To Kill a Mockingbird, apparently. She is more standoffish or, mm -hmm. or retreats is. from it. Yeah. Why? Do you have any insight on that? Well, I, I think what it is is that she's got other things in her life, and it's like anytime anybody's around her, that's all they want to talk about. She's done that, been there, she's done. She wants to do other things. She wants to think about other things, you know. It's, it has, it's just so pressing all the time, I think is what the problem is. Um, and the press have just been unrelenting. And that's hard. That, that's hard. I mean, it's hard for me sometimes. There, there are times when, you know, you just you know, can't we discuss something else, <laughs> you know? And it, it, we don't mean it mean-spirited. It's just that, you know, it's like th there's other things going on in the world. And if that was all anybody ever wanted to talk to you about, it would, it would be, you know, tiresome sometimes. And the press is not always kind, let's face it. What was one of the scenes from the movie that really stands out as memorable to you or that you remember fondly? I would say the, the, my favorite scene is, is probably the one that Atticus, it was his favorite scene as well, which was the bedroom scene where I'm reading to him. And, and I think that scene, I look at it today and I just go, wow, how, how did that happen? <laughs> you know? But it was the bonding, you know. By then, we had that relationship that was so tight and so real. So, um, I, I just it it gives you a warm fuzzy, you know, because that really that scene I think says it all about our relationship. When you talk to people about the movie, about the play, about the book, mm -hmm. what are the big ideas that people 
keep returning to? What is it that keeps them fascinated by this? Let's face it, everything that we talk about in To Kill a Mockingbird, all of those issues, whether it's women's issues, legal issues, racial issues, social issues, we're still dealing with that today. You know, racism and bigotry haven't gone anywhere. They've just changed their clothes. We're more racially charged right at this very minute than we were back in 1960-something. It's just different people that they've, they've turned their attention to. But also, too, that this is such a beautiful look at the past, our dream of the past, our thoughts of the past. It helps us, through the children, remember the way that we grew up. I mean, when I grew up, just like Scout and Jam, we ran all over the neighborhood, you know? And we'd go visit with Ms. Johnson or go visit with, you know, somebody else. And no matter whose house you went into, you were expected to behave. And it's, it's all a part of that fabric of the book. Well, thank you so much, Mary Badham. <laughs> I really you. appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Well, thank you. Thank you. The play To Kill a Mockingbird will be at the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey through November 20th. For tickets, visit ShakespeareNJ.org. To find out more about all of the arts in New Jersey, visit JerseyArts.com. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence in public engagement in the arts since 1966. I'm Susan Walner. Thanks for listening.